A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Welcome everybody to the Tommy, Hector and Narita podcast coming to you this week from the Crane Bar in Galway, the west side of the city and west side. That, is that the west? No, we're, back, west. we're, we're it, back to west. Back to west. Back to west. And I want to say something now that I've been looking forward to saying uh, for a good while. What do you have now? What do you have? Oh my word. I'm in a pub in Ireland the day after the pubs opened. I would love a pint of... Guinness. Rita. I'll have Guinness too, please. Mick, can I get three pints on you already? Thank yes. you very much. Way back in the day, now, way back in the late 80s, early 90s, I used to be supping here. Like, yeah, what would you be supping? Well, back in them days now, you could... Do you hear that? It's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> can, can I just say to wherever anyone is listening to this, anywhere around the world or around Ireland, let us pause for the Angelus <laughs> and let us listen to the taps of the crane pump. Look at that. Shh, shh, shh. That little shh. Thing. It's beautiful. God, it's gorgeous. Yes. Class. That's the sound of sound perfection. Of back in them days now, uh, when I came to go first, you could get four pints for a fiver. This bar would probably be cheaper maybe than bars across the other side of the river, but a pint here used to be, used to be about 119, 120. Jeez. You'd get, we were on 30 quid a week dole uh, <laughs> with a tenner rent allowance. Right. Uh, and we'd, we'd be paying 22 pounds a week rent and we'd chip in a tenner for food. And then you, you knew you had a fiver on Wednesdays to spend on drink. And you get four pints. And then maybe if you had enough copper in your pocket, you get a bag of chips for the way home. We'd get a 50 50. 50 50 was a punnet of chips, half it covered in coleslaw, the other half covered in curry sauce. Oh. And I remember one of the greatest mornings of my life. I must have been steamed coming home. But this is one of those mornings where you know God is smiling at you. I came home and I fell asleep. And uh, I, before I went to bed, I made myself a curry coleslaw chip sandwich. Oh. Right? Oh. That was it. And I woke up with half the sandwich still at my chest. And I finished it for breakfast. Oh, yuck. Perfect start to This part of Galway is very special. I lived only up the road in Canal Road. Then I lived in Middle Street. But once you come over the bridge at Jury's, you enter into a different zone. A zone oh, of yeah. crack and a zone of laughter, a zone of madness, hippies. You were music. one of the big acid dealers in Galway way back then. This is what it, yeah. Once you come over the bridge, you can get whatever you want. Oh, oh, the oh, points oh, are coming oh, to the table. Would you say to everybody listening that it's... 
half 11 in the day. It's now Mick Gurley. great, thanks Mick. After getting a lot of tendonitis, it's called tennis elbow. Yes. So I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to lift. Well, and you were slagging me last week by saying that yeah, tennis elbow. You were. I don't know if I can lift the point. When did you get the point? No, I'm only joking. Of course I'm going to lift the point. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the freedom. Here's your friendship. Here's the 2021. Cheers. Cheers. Oh my god, Tommy, don't drink it all in the one mouthful. No, but you know, you're supposed to leave three rings in a pint when you're done with it. That's the proper way of drinking it. What do you mean, three rings? That when you're finished a pint, there's only three rings left in it. If there's more than three rings, you're only fucking around, wasting your time. The, four, the four goals leave three rings. Well, you right. won't drink many of them if you're going to be drinking well, it that fast. Yeah. I got a pint of Guinness at the weekend in a Coors Light pint. That's like getting heroin in a joint. <laughs> Isn't it? I have never had that problem before. I was wondering how am I going to get into town because it's half eleven in the morning yeah. and we are drinking. And a few little digs. As I get into the car, my wife dropped me in. Oh, yeah. She actually said there's a box bus going in from Clare Galway there. You can get it there around 11 o'clock. And I looked and I went, what? He goes, are you going to work? I says, I'm going to work, yeah. And she goes, oh, yeah, fine day's work you'll do. So <laughs> did you get a bit of a dig? A little bit of that, yeah. What, yeah. yeah, it was all good nature. But then she was encouraging me to get drunk. You're not buying it? I'm not buying that at all. Why? No, you're being grigged into something, like you're being tempted. I'll, I'll pay for it. You drink every day anyway. Short what difference is about you. Jesus Christ, a man comes tremendous. out for a pint and, he, and all of a sudden his whole drinking history is bad. So you, so you drink every day. Listen, there's a tremendous, tremendous range of whiskies here at the Crane Bar. Yeah, there I'm is. Up, uh, yeah. A tremendous. Don't let us be tempted by those just oh. yet. Lorita is a tiny bit worse for wear. Describe your weekend. We went for our county title game on Sunday, uh, the first for 23 years if we won it, which we did, and it was absolutely the best feeling. I was 14 years of age, or not more, won the county title before. 14? We met her when she was Yeah, I know, I'm going backwards, I'm Benjamin Button. So um, I was lucky enough to be at the match. And this is the last minute live on Radio Nevelta. <laughs> Bookley, do you like that? I didn't understand the word of it other than McLaughlin. Bookley My dad wasn't able to go to the match, obviously, because there was only 200 people allowed to go, and he watched the match at home and with my sister and my sister-in-law, and he cried like, like such an emotional day mm. for so many. And there'd be an awful lot of older men who haven't been able to get out for a pint for the last couple of months and haven't been able to go to the club and they've been detached from it. Like, the football has just been so special this year. It's beautiful. Let's talk about your suit. It's very um, yeah, becoming. So I'm in a three-piece tweed suit. It's like, that a, Michael it's like a Michael D. Yeah, uh, Malloy and Sons Tweed from Dunlingall and uh, many, many years ago when I, uh, I heard the story about Allen Ginsberg, the great American poet, and Theo Dorgan, the great Cork poet, was inviting him over to Courch, the literary festival. And he says to him, Alan, I can't pay you very much money, but I will get you a three-piece tweed suit made to fit you like a hand would go into a glove. And Alan Ginsberg said, I'd love to do that. So he came over specifically wow. for wow. the Irish tweed suit. And when Alan Ginsberg died about eight or nine years ago, wasn't he buried in the tweed suit wow. that he got after coming to the Coach Festival? So that story was in my head. And I said, I'll treat myself now and I'll get a tweed suit made. So a uh, wonderful woman called Trina Lillis who helps choose my clothes. I'd be shit at clothes myself. Yeah. Yeah. Helps Absolutely. choose my clothes. For uh, 
television show. Oh, right, not for, the, not for every and, day. And oh, right, right. stage. So I said I'd love an old tweed suit. So I got four made, different colours. Earth, wind, sea and sky. Really? Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's just... And like I haven't worn it for 10 years. And I thought, when a man goes drinking at 11 o'clock in the morning, he needs a decent suit. Lorita, I think it's very funny that he went up to the pitch last night in Barna in this suit. Not this suit, he another suit. In a waistcoat, a pair of chinos and a shirt. He didn't. Now, I spoke to one of the Barna coaches when they saw him arriving. If it was training, I would, I would have togged out in boots and shorts and the, the, I have a top as well. But last night was only, it wasn't really training. It was just... You had the hat Standing on as well. You can't. I, I always can't, have the hat on. You can't go up there like that. Ah, lads. I this, need to this, see a picture. This is this. part of the 1950s GAA mindset that is holding the GAA back from world domination. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing Jim Gavin walking onto the pitch there? Oh, just, oh it's just a match. So is there any GAA coach that doesn't wear the tracksuit with the bonnet store written no, on the back? They of it? Have no, have to because you have to have bonnet store written on it. Paul Galvin might have pushed the ball out. He got the job in Wexford. Well, he's gone now. He's gone from yeah. the job. In Already? Yeah. He's only in three minutes. He's gone. He's gone. Next week, then, I'm going to take it a step further. The full, full tweet. The hat. And I'm going to wear shades. Dark shades. You'll be arrested. No. Strange looking man really? here. Really? Do you think that would look suspicious standing on the sidelines yes. of a girl's under 13 minutes? I do. And a pair of tinted glasses, yes. I have a feeling that could not work out that well for you. I, have a, I had a strange experience during the week that I'd like to uh, share with you. And I don't know if this is going to upset people now or not. Um, right. It's a thing that's easily done but not many people would do it. And I had the opportunity last Sunday, and I took it. And I don't care what anybody says about me no more than turning up at a GAA match in a full suit, coaching underage girls. <sighs> you ready for this now? Yeah. Are you sitting back in your seats? I am ready. I'm, yeah. And Mick, three more, please. Thank you. Jesus, easy. Last No, no, we're fine. Sunday. <laughs> I had Protestant Holy Communion. Uh, Mick, three whiskeys, please. <laughs> we love a chaser. Wait a minute now. I had Protestant Holy Communion. How? I was invited to a Protestant service where uh, a Zen monk friend of mine was getting Jesus, ordained. Of course it was. A deacon in the Church of Ireland, and he invited me along. Was there many at the function? Uh, well, it was, it was socially distant. Uh, so God was in one corner, and the devil was in the other two meters away, and then the people were all separated from one right, another. Right, that was good. Then. And, yeah. and tell me, you went up, and did they say? No, they come around to you. They, they, it's, uh, it's like, uh, just eat. Just eat. Ju did anybody say? It was it taste any different? It did. You know, it did. Jesus tastes a little bit different. Does he? There wouldn't be as much to him. Was there flavour to He's it? He's a bit watery. Was he a bit, as they say in Spanish, so-so? What's that mean? You need salt. It needed something. Was he a bit so-so? It was a bit just kind of... Crispy. No, well, would just you bland. So you didn't prefer it? Bland. Yeah. So you prefer Catholic Holy Catholic Holy Communion has a bit of... There's a bit of... Guff in it, like. Yeah. And did you feel like you cheated your religion by having it? That I kind of cheated on yeah. God? Yeah. <laughs> that you tasted <laughs> something else, like. That, 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 like I was having an affair. Yeah. You did. We were having an affair yeah. on the Catholic Church. I did, yeah. I, I took the bit of Holy Communion and I took it to a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> One of them hotels with not much light in the corridor so no one could see who's there. I yeah, took yeah. it into the room and I pulled the curtains and I ordered two glasses of Prosecco. You and I got up and I licked in the Protestant <laughs> Holy Communion. Ooh, yibby, yibby. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. I meet you again this, this time next week. Yeah, this is just after one pint. I'm really young, one pint. <laughs> don't, um, don't, don't text me during the week in case the other Jesus sees it. What's the difference in a Protestant and a Catholic anyway? Well, Protestants go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
got to be the main difference, the real one. <laughs> okay, right. And they're okay. all. Uh, do we have, uh, can I just say, do we, have, do we have ads on this podcast yet? Let's just leave you there with that question and we'll go for an ad break. I want to go to Protestant Mass. No problem there. But do you have to, did you have to I, say. There's a, yeah. of, there's a lot of standing at a Protestant church. Like, is, ca- is it not faster? Because they have less prayers. No, it's, they don't it's, like it's the longer. Middle. It's longer and there's more. St- like in a, in a, in a, one of the great things about Catholic Mass is. You can, there's sitting and there's leaning and there's standing and there's singing and there's looking and talking choirs and, and stuff and all. Now there's choirs in the Protestant thing as well, but there's very little kneeling and sitting. It's a mainly a standing Stand. religion. Oh. It's hard. It's like, it's, it's, it's a hard owl flow. It's a lot yeah. of, it's do you know? Of to- no, wonder, no wonder they're so grumpy up north. Do you know? Because a lot of standing. A Catholic goes into Mass and he knows it might be a bit destroyed from drink and they go, well, I can sit down here for a little while. Yeah, and, and, when, and, and, everybody heat, gets, and the heat are in underneath yeah, the seat. And when everybody goes, that, that great herd feeling at a Catholic oh, Mass, oh, the, great, the great, the shuffle of the blessed, when everybody, oh, it's not, oh, and then, then they stand up every, and, then, and then they go, oh, everyone sits down there for 20 minutes. But with the, the prods, it's standing from start to finish, you'd be destroyed. Uh-huh. You'd be in a mad mood. No wonder Paisley was given out the whole time. Yeah. Didn't have the, you wouldn't have the knees for Protestantism. <laughs> I always loved resting my arse on the back of the seat, you know, when you're kneeling. Some, oh, of, the, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the real devout will get right up on their knees and yeah. stay away from the seat. But me and me brothers in St Mary's and Navan would always put our arse back in. I used to love the massages you'd get from the priest if you were an altar boy after Mass. <laughs> Stop it. Were they great? Well, they were, yeah, they were. You went to the sacristy and you take off your vestments and and you'd be a little bit tense after being in front of the whole parish. And you just put the two thumbs in between the shoulder blades. A gentle kneading. And he was very good. Gentle kneading. Gentle kneading. It it had strength and. And he'd say, I heard you had a great match for the under 14s. There now. Do you know? Always hands on. Hands on. I wonder if they do that in Protestant priests. There's very little child abuse now in. Why was that? Because they were allowed to get married. They were married and they'd go home and date the wife. But <laughs> there's no, no rules. Could you sit over there, Tommy? There's no rules, you Tommy. Tell the story it's no wonder I ended up on stage no on my own. No, but <laughs> so the other day, I brought, I was, we were going out for a meal, myself and Dipna. I surprised my wife with it. With it. We were going to a restaurant. Completely bamboozled her by going, what, what's the plan for later? What, and you know that what's on for dinner? I said, well, the boys will have this, Shane will have that, he'll have pasta, Rain will have the chicken, but they'll be fine, because we're going out for a meal. How oh, romantic. Ah, lads, you don't what understand. The, was it just spontaneous, or was well, there an occasion? No, I had done my homework on this. I had done my homework, and we were There's out. women all over the world listening to I, you now, Hector, going, I wish Fluttering. I was married to him. Fluttering. Fluttering. I, I just said, Fluttering. we're going out, and she goes, where are we going? So we're there for but the problem was, I put on one of my nice... Don't money. <laughs> the, pro- the problem was, I went up and I put on three different shirts. And I put on... At the same time? I put on my favourite... I, I put on another, in layers. I put on another shirt. And I was really happy with that shirt, but didn't the button Burst. popped. Oh. So, this is old school Levi's. This is I, old I, school. You had a new school one. No, I had a, I, I, I had a newer one. I don't a think new, that's a word, new no, school. Old school I, I had a newer one, and the button popped. Two years are bullying me. No, we're not. <laughs> So and I said to Dibna in the shower, I said, Dibna, where is the needle and thread? Like, who knows? When's the last time you saw it? In the sewing box. Women, yeah. In the sewing box. Yeah. 
says Tweedy McGee here. Oh, there's a sewing box. Yeah, there's a sewing box. There's a sewing, every house is a sewing box. I'm in my jocks yeah. and I took the shirt and I went downstairs. I sat in the couch, Sky Sports was on, and I fixed the button myself. Double knot, treble knot, quadruple knot in the back of it. And I was delighted. I think that's even more dramatic than me getting Protestant holy communion. Why the hell? What? Because it's just an ordinary button. Like, what? Do you not do home economics in, sec- in secondary school? No, we did. No, we did Latin no, and football. Stop. <laughs> I treaded the button Like, myself. I mean, it's just, like, fairly a big achievement for a, a normal functioning human being to sew a button into a shirt like. In 2020? Well, it hasn't got any more complicated. When's the last time you put a shirt back on? Oh, this one probably makes his own shirts. No, no, he has five people to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't get involved in that kind of stuff. If there's stuff broken... It involved? It's your shirt. Like How do you mean involved? Fuck, I mean, like... If the, say I fixed my shirt yeah, and I wore it to the restaurant. Yeah, I, I, just, I just give it to a poor person. And <laughs> bought by another one. <laughs> Have you been um, diagnosed with OCD? No, I, I easy, easy, easy. No, There's I no think need for that not, now. It's here. such a bad thing. People have it, and we must confront it. Why? What's if what? you want to talk about it, Hector, I'd be delighted to talk about it. You have a numbers thing going on. I have a mind. way of closing doors that's very special. Yeah. What you do before you leave the house is what? If the door has a handle on it, now I have to check that handle quite violently. <laughs> And I have to count. What do you mean, quite violently? I like count. the front door, say? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Release the hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. And then walk away. And then go into my locker. <laughs> and then go, it's locked. Do you think a burglar will go and check the handle, like not just break the door in any I way? have to have at least seven, eight. Burglars know. Hector's house is impenetrable. <laughs> so you wouldn't get in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You have seen me doing this in first hand, haven't you? One, two, three, four, five, six, no, seven, eight. No, I don't lift it up. I lean the whole body in and... <laughs> it's slightly compulsive behaviour, but it's, it's, it's it one is, of your... It is. It's, I think it's, it's charming. Have, you, have charming. you any other obsessive compulsive disorders? Uh, no, te- no, tendencies? no, 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 no. If I don't have cotton buds in the house, I... Uh, <laughs> I move out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't come home. I'm on a plane back from Africa and I phone and there's a cotton bud in the house. I no, my fucky, I'm staying here in fucking Zambia. I'm not going back. I said what to, the hell do no, you work? So Are you obsessed with them too? Oh, I love cotton buds. Oh my God. Would you use oh one my. every day? Oh, not, not every day. I've, I've toned it down a little bit. In Is it just for your ears you use them or the other I would use four or four, five or six a day. I just stand there. Four or five or six a day? Yeah. Because now what I do is I put the cotton bud in the opposite, <laughs> in the, in the opposite ear because I can get in at a better angle. They're bad for you, I think. They say that's bad for you, but I... I, I, I remember my father. <laughs> Stand up here like in your ears. No, he's stuck with the sickness finger in his ear. And you swear he was slapping the child's arse with the fucking noise. Wang in the ear. I'm from Knockmore, it's kind of wild out there. You mentioned there. that, Jim. Yeah, it is a bit rough out there in one way. Not rough, yeah. like. But, you know, Come there are it. people there. Like, I was in the bar last night and there was a fella there that clearly hadn't showered for a year and he's like, there was, the there was him always... and then there was nobody else. Okay. There isn't a thing where if you're, like with your hair, remember they used to say with your hair, if you don't wash it, after eight months it cleans itself. Eight months, like, I mean, what would that you... That, no, that, but that, you don't that. have to use good... 
If that was the thing going around Galway, wasn't yeah, it? If you had yeah. the courage not to watch Of course it was going around Galway. And like I mean, only that would go around Galway. Like we we had a house that had uh, five bedrooms. The one of them wasn't really a bedroom. One of them was a converted hot hot press. <laughs> that had oh. no, uh, had no converted hot press, and it was, had a no windows, and it was called the sin bin. And whoever was the last to move into the house got the sin bin. What? There isn't even space for a bed in it, was and there? Like they were on about the beds years ago. And when someone moved out, then they got a bedroom with windows, roasting sweaty. and dark, sweaty under the quilt. That was just around the corner from here. Like a lot of my good friends, then it amazing what the different stuff people went into because we were all doing nothing. You know, one of them became a postman. Great postman, postman Tom. Uh, another became a drug dealer, he's doing a 10 year stretch in the joy. Fair play to him, we'll see him the first night of it. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> one of them became a born again Christian and moved to Denmark instead of taking heroin with a young one over there. Fair play to nice. him. This yeah. is like a fucking Ed Sheeran song. One of them moved to Germany, I think, became an accountant. One got into filming, one got into youth work in Galway. Um, it's amazing the different ways that people that, went, yeah. that people go, but the the thing that united us back then was kind of having fuck all. Foreign travel wasn't an option, but you always call to Hector's house, and you'd be a tremendous dose of some psychosyllabin, and you'd be <laughs> traveling. <laughs> Tommy was one of my best kids. You could, you could, you could, you could travel the cosmos by not leaving your house. No. <laughs> Me and Tommy. You could be in the hot press. I remember Tommy and myself went out one night. We ended up at the fire in Nocton's. And it was about half twelve at night, and we were standing there, me and you, young, Navin, bowled. But also totally out of our minds on some very strong <laughs> on something you think. hallucinogens. The fire was talking to us. Oh, yeah. The fire would be talking to us. Did it give you any good advice? Isn't or? it funny now that we're still here? I, I would like to encourage my children to do this type of thing. Like, when they're ripe for it, go stare at a wall for 19 hours. A proper education. Develop their senses. Develop their sense of panic. Me and my brother were hitching back to Dublin. We were living in Cabra Park. And, uh, well, this is where you lived in the same <coughs> bedroom. Yeah, and the you bed, shared the same bed. This is the bed set. And it was a Sunday evening about four o'clock. And we were under the bridge, the, du- the, the, the double bridge, and down the bottom of the Dublin Road oh, yeah. uh, in, in Navan. And we were hitching. And we had packed up the bags. We had all our clothes washed. We had all our jeans washed. We were going back to Dublin to Trinity for, for another week. We had cheddar cheese and we had sausages and we had bacon and rashers. And my mother had stocked us up. Coal. Take coal. <laughs> turf. Bags of blocks. Uh, Calicoes and ass. We had two, two bottles. A couple of ducks. Two, uh, 60, 60 pork chops. 400 pairs of socks. We were going back to Dublin from Navan, and we were out the, we had been out the night before. So we said we'd have one point down on Smith's at the bridge just before we hitched. <laughs> so the two of us went in, and we had a lovely <laughs> quick pint. What time is it? Was it about four o'clock? No, it was four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, and this was before the bypass, uh, before the, the dual carriageway to Dublin. And I felt as I put my thumb out, as I f- I just said. And we're at the river. There's nowhere to go to the toilet. And I just went, hmm, do I need to wee? No, I don't. And I put the thumb out. And I said, right, I'll hold on. So it's grand. Because there was a busy, busy, busy thoroughfare. People come from Calvin. How long did it take to go from Navin to Dublin? Back, back, back in the day, an it hour. was only an hour. Do you remember the ad? Only Navin. an hour. 
Only an hour from Only Dublin. Only an hour from Dublin. Well, that's obviously a Navan ad. No, that was one of the biggest ads. He already ads. had that ad nationally. Navan carpets. Only an hour from Dublin. It was one of the biggest ads of the in Navan for the last fifty years. Yeah. That won won radio awards all over the world. Navan carpets. As well as Aboriginal people that would never have seen the light of day, and you meet them in the street in Sydney, and they say, "Where are you from?" And I go from Navan. Only an hour from Dublin. So about forty-five minutes later, this car stopped. <laughs> this car stopped. Were you I saw it was, but I said, "We've got to get to Dublin." We'd had the pint. We were out the night before. Oh car stops. I would have. We fired the bags in. Where are you going, Fiddleborough? We went. Yes, we got into the back of the car. Then we got to Mulhuddert, and there was traffic. <laughs> now, uh -oh. back before the bypass and all this, the motorway, Mulhuddert, Clonny, it was windy, it was this, it oh, was Jesus. that. And, and I'm in the back of the car, and I'm starting to get agitated. <laughs> my brother, my Your legs are dancing. This is a true story. My brother, Freddie's asleep here, because he's a... And I'm there going, hey, yeah, yeah, and they're talking, and I'm oh, going... They and I'm there, you? and I start... He was, it was just one lad driving. And I'm sort of started saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't ask a lad, can you get out and stop and have a wee when you have oh, a lift? So we got to Mulhuddard and then we get to Blanchardstown and I'm starting, <laughs> I'm up <laughs> off the seat and I'm there like this and I'm really starting. Rubbing to, the guys. And then I'm coming in by the Ashtown tin box <laughs> in by the Phoenix Park and I'm rubbing and I'm going, please, 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 please keep Don't take your water. Starting to get the hot sweats now and I'm there going, I'm not going to wee, I'm not going to wee, I'm not going to wee, I'm not going to wee. I'm in the back of the car, all we want to do is get to Dublin and then he comes into Cabra and I'm in by Fibsburg by the church and he drops us off and we get the bags. Freddie, quick! I'm fucking bursting for the jacks! And I'm really bursting. I've got to go to the toilet. I'm really bad, Fred. I really is laughing. And we go around that little shop and there's an alleyway there. We're across from the Cabra Church. And the big church and there's a side alleyway into Cabra Park. And we get to, and I, and I know I'm going 42, 44, 46, 52, 54, 58, 58 Cabra Park. And Freddie puts the key in the door. And I have a lovely pair of bleached denims. Oh, no. I have a lovely pair because I was in the big country and you two and Simple Minds. And, and, and my mother just washed them. And then <laughs> I, I get up the stairs and I get up to the first no, landing no, and no. I can see the door. And I go, and I fucking burst it. And as I lifted my final leg, I just said, oh. And then I just stood there. I stood there. And the wee just went round down the sides of boats and my my, lo my lovely faded jeans just went oh, dark no, blue. No, and no. I just fucking stood there going, I can't hold it anymore. I can't hold it anymore. I'm fucking bursting. And I pissed my pants oh. right outside the door. Oh. And uh, only, only feet away from the toilet. I remember one time I left the house to go hitching. And I said goodbye to my parents. And I went down and I was four hours hitching. <laughs> I didn't get a lift. And I came back over to the house. And my father saw me and went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> four hours. Somebody you stood in the same place. That, that was the welcome home I got. Oh, for fuck's sake. And you throw the bag into the corner. And you said, what do you do? There was no Netflix back then. And there was no Xbox. <laughs> Seven Hector are great pals from Milanegate, Octo But And I think you have a gift for this, Hector. I don't think I have a gift for it. My father, my father has a gift for friendship. Right? So he has been, for the past 40 years, has been meeting the same fellas every Friday night 
for pints really? down the local wow. bar. I, I know the pub. The Old Bridge Inn in Navan. The Old Bridge Inn by the River Wine. My father could tell you exactly how many steps it is from the back step of our house to the front step of the wow. Old Bridge Inn. I know. Like he'd, yeah, he'd okay. measure them. So, And he really must have missed it the last couple of months not been able to do that. Totally. And But what I'm amazed by is the, the there's a kind of a community decision between the four lads mm. that this friendship is important and that we will make space in our lives for it. And the way we'll do that is by whatever we get up to Monday to Thursday and Saturday to the Thursday is that every Friday night we'll do this. We will meet for pints. And I, I just, that, that's, that's a gift, you know. And I, myself and Hector are, are great friends, but our friendship, I think, is all, it's almost dependent on work. Mm-hmm. So we need to be working together in order to be seeing each other. Because you're, you're both separate, do know Well, because you're travelling the world and yeah. I'm travelling the country and it's just like, it's, it's very hard for us to get to, get to meet one another when we're on the road. Because you'd be on the road mm-hmm. three or four days a week and the three or four days a week that you're home, <clears> then you have to be around the mm-hmm. family. Young fellows are great at this. The friendship between young fellows actually who are living together or when they're students mm. or something like that are, is, is phenomenal. But as you get older, you need to be careful and you almost need to make room for a specific ritual during the week that keeps your friendships mm. intact. Mm. I hate phone calls. Jeez, I fucking... I'm not a fella for ringing up for a chat to see mm. how you are. Well, men aren't... But I think women are amazing at that. Oh, yeah, they're good at that, yeah. You know, and I remember years ago... Uh, a woman saying to me about friendships was that the loyalty that women feel towards one another yeah. in terms of friendship. And women are very good. If the friendship is going a little bit sideways, they'll address it. Mm. And they'll say, oh, I'm re- I don't actually like Susan at the moment and we're not getting on, so I better phone her and sort it out. Sort it out yeah. you know? But it's a, it's a wonderful thing that yeah. women have, yeah. which men, men need to be doing things together mm. to, in order to keep the friendship alive. Like, you know, need to be like doing a stuff. war or something. Like yeah, that. Men need to be fighting other fellas like in ditches. Going for points. Travellers are well comped onto that, isn't it? Nothing unites people than fighting. Oh yeah, fighting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny System, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny System with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Mick. Can we just hear the clink of glasses, please? And Gar- we just can we just sorry. Make, can you clink more glasses? Because I oh, listen to this. What did you have for breakfast? I, I had muesli. What did you have today? Well, I'll tell points. you what I did this morning. 
because obviously I was a bit slow and stuff. And you wonder. <laughs> <laughs> and things weren't just working the way they normally work. I couldn't face putting on porridge. Or... <laughs> so I decided to go to Ballina before I left. <laughs> and I, or I rang a fella that I get coffee off every day, Dave. Hi, Dave. Oh, where, oh, what's the name of the coffee shop? Dave's Deli. It's class. I couldn't drink all the coffee because my heart is racing. I would say, like, I don't know when my heart is going to get back to normal. So would your resting rate be like 83? Yeah, my resting rate That's is generally lively. high. Wow. Mine would be like 11. <laughs> 11? Because you're completely, cause you're completely <laughs> relaxed. That's because you, you, over years of smoking stuff that you shouldn't have been smoking. I never smoked stuff. Thank you, mate. I, I never, never. Smoked, never It never interested me. Ever, ever put one on your mouth and, and smoke Ah, it? well, yeah, but not, not as a kind of a daily habit. My drug of choice was always drugs that send you out there as opposed to drugs that make really? you Really? Yeah. Thanks, Mick. So I was always interested in drugs that made you more excited, more... Were you not afraid, though? Of? Of, like, where it would take you or what would happen to you? That's the adventure of it, isn't it? When, when you take... I'd be afraid if I took something, I'd die. I had to have this, certainly the, the consultant thought that I had a problem with my heart. He thought that I had like an extra round of like blood going around my heart. Um, did so, he say that the ventricles were pumping in? It what was, he said to me was, was he says, okay, yes, he did. He said this and then he took me in. He put these cameras into my groin, put them all up into did my heart. Did you get that done? Yeah. Wow. But the four chambers, they, they put them, these cameras into the four chambers of your heart. Right, one, two, three, four. And he put three in one side and one in one were you, side. Were you awake? Yes, because they, he said to me, I said to him, oh, you're not going to knock me out. No, he says, I need to keep you awake because I need to see how your heart reacts. Because what he did was he... <laughs> well, imagine your heart would be beating very fast if he shoved cameras up your groin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Louis, did you so feel, did you feel anything? What's the sensation? Oh, it was horrendous. Camera? I was like, oh, now they do sedate you. You know, you're awake, you're conscious. Oh, but this you're... is very interesting because we think... The heart conditions are for men, and men check your heart. And we've spoken about the women, on this. Women don't and, have. And by the way, the they reaction, don't. Women generally don't. Women have I think that's what he was really putting the camera in to see. Women was have it tiny washing there. machines in there. <laughs> Zanussi. It's like an into Zanussi. The appliance world. of science. Welcome to Zanussi world. So anyway, Hot point central. So he he popped, he put the thing, and I was there going, oh, I I said I can feel Flush. it like going up through my body. Right? Isn't that incredible? So it's, I saw the screen because he went off into another room. Could you see me or flags in the distance? Yeah, no, I didn't. And the nurses were there with me, but he was in the other room looking at the screen. Was there any ads or anything? No. I I was really hoping for the bingo numbers to come up or something. So the next thing he says to me, uh, now he said, I'm going to, there's a drip there beside you, we're going to fill, we're going to give you a lot of adrenaline to see how your heart reacts to it. I'm going to pump adrenaline in and then next thing. Oh my God. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, Jesus. I said, I think my heart's going to come out of my chest. Like, <laughs> that, is that the one? Like, I was there, like? oh, it's roaring in the bed. Like, it was. going like this, oh, oh. Yeah, sort of. That's, a, that's another film you're thinking of. <laughs> it's not for today. He injected adrenaline into your system. Into my system, yeah, to see how like, my heart like reacted. Like fiction. Yeah. No, was, like Mayo winning the All-Ireland. Fucking, could you imagine? Ooh. Next thing, this big hemorrhage start coming up my groin where the, the, the I was there going oh fuck it was like I was just feeling I had my hand here right next thing what the blood it was just swelling up no it didn't come out it was swelling up right like one of them was injecting me with uh, morphine for the pain and the other one was pushing the hemorrhage out it Good was God. like 
It was an absolute. It was now people obviously women have had babies and they mm. understand that it's obviously I have never had one so I don't understand. I don't know the. You, 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 you but, just go to the hospital and they give you one. They give you one. That's that's good enough. Yeah. Understand enough. You ate cake this for nine months. You go to the hospital and they give you a baby. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story when Tommy had one of his beautiful children born? I went into see Yvonne. I don't. And the next day, baby born, a big head of red hair, and Tommy wasn't there. I thought you'd be there, but I brought flowers and Lucasade and grapes and woman's own and the meat the chronicle. Type of the and then I brought the Connacht Tribune. That was Andy. I brought the Connacht Tribune and I brought grapes. I brought TV now, woman's own. Uh, and Hello. RSVP and the RT guide. <laughs> I arrived in with a load of gear and I said, where's Tommy? And Tommy's not here. And I says, okay, you on. And we had a great chat and it was beautiful to see and I couldn't believe mm. the clump of red hair. Was it Louis or Theo? I think it was... Uh, so both, both my sons have red hair. And gorgeous and red gorgeous hair. red locks. It's, it's almost like there's an... Auburn. Uh, Auburn-y, orangey, lively yeah. vibe of it. And, and fantastic. And sure, Yvonne is a redhead herself. So at the end, it was just brilliant to see another Tiernan arriving into the world and another newborn baby. And Yvonne was doing well and mummy mm. was doing well. And I said, I've got to go now. I've done my half an hour. And then I said, will we, just, will we just send a photo to himself? So Yvonne said, yeah, come on. He's nobody here. There was nobody there. She was on her own. She was on her own. I was there for half an Were you hour. Not there for the and nobody, no, 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 no I, just I, the day after. The day after. I, I, I would think of once a woman gets pregnant <laughs> that she's not allowed in the house. She lives in the shed. She would just live outside and then when she, she comes back in her own good time when the baby's born. Tommy was there. Uh, Tommy was there, but Liverpool were playing, so he, he got off for a couple of hours. Oh, right. So it was I, only a friendly, it was a pre-season friendly, but I guess and trekked. It was important to you. Important to watch. So I said, there's no visitors. So I said, Yvonne, would you mind getting a photo? And I said, we'll, we'll, we'll send a photo to himself. So I lay down on the bed beside Yvonne and in the ward. And we I had the red hair, long locks, and she opened the re her red hair on the pillow and we had the red haired baby. She opened and the red-haired baby beside us, and I took oh, a photo. I took, I took, I took a photo. Went <laughs> happy family, and I sent it to Tommy. <laughs> Taking a father needs. Congratulations! Oh, it was one of those great moments, but Yvonne yeah. got such a kick out of it because the redheads, you know, the, uh, I get it. The, the, the great. Isn't it funny the way you've loaded of redhead children? Well, but you, you can only be, you can only. Father redhead kids, if there's redheaded blood in your in your family. So you, if if a, a say a say if an, if an African made love to a redhead, it's unlikely that the child would have red hair, because it, the African would need the no. red blooded genes. So say if a Chinese person made love to a redhead, who, it, who, where are you coming up with this? It's all about the PSG forty nine gene. That's it. Yeah, but both parents have to have it. If only one parent has it. Oh, have you got red hair in your family? Yeah. Uh, well, when my, my beard goes red, it used to go red. Your beard <laughs> not, is no. definitely not one red, Tommy. <laughs> but but uh, my beard used to go red uh, when I was a Gosson grunt. There's no redheads in my wife's family. And that's why I had blondie children. Because I couldn't believe when I... Oh, I, so you, you have there's a bit of red in you. Two, so. bit, bit Are you telling me two people have to have it? The both, both parents have to have the gene for the kids. The synergy. Well, That's actually, it. now, interestingly enough, my brother, uh, when he was growing up, had bright orange hair. Yeah. His yeah. wife has r red hair. His hair is now brown, yes. which is it's changed. Uh, he hasn't dyed it. But their kids, none of them have red hair. Yeah. Well, so, right stage there, then maybe he's not your brother. Or maybe they're not his children. So we're up in Avon for a wedding. 
and everyone's there. And it was a cousin of mine getting married in a really cool place called Clunabrani House. There used to be posh places in Mead for weddings, like uh, the Ker the Kerwin, traffic lights outside the library, <laughs> the Headfort and Kells, yeah. the, the Town Hall, uh, the roundabout Lane Road. That was awful popular. And then, <laughs> then we got, and then Mead the, got very posh with the, the new league. tennis courts, the new oh. tennis courts, the handball I alley. So we were going to Clonabrainy House, and there was a wedding there. So it was a cousin of mine. So Trina, my mum was there, and we were all there, all the cousins, everybody, the boys. No. I had a three-piece suit. I locked up the house. Two socks and a pair of jeans. I locked up the house and I ordered a minibus to take us to Clonabrini House from our house near the Kells Road in Navin. And, I, and as we left the house, I checked the door and I had the key of my mother's house. And I said, I've got the key, by the way. And we went to the wedding. And we had a great night at the wedding. And then at about 11 o'clock that night, we were waltzing. And about one in the morning, everyone was getting tired. And I ordered the same man from Navin to come back and collect me in a minibus. And then my mum was well into her seventies uh, at this stage. Like that you were saying you were going to say she was well into the wine. We were well on it. So we went. We, we got the minibus back from Clonabrainy, the far side of Kells, into Navan, and it took it was it took thirty minutes, forty minutes. Great celebrations, and I get to the door of my house at a quarter to two, a quarter to two in the morning, and I try and find the key. I'm searching the suit. And the minibus, the infinite amount of pockets. The minibus goes inside pockets. The minibus goes. The minibus goes, and I'm after having about fourteen pints. One second, and it was a heavy-duty key, and then into the short pockets. Into you know that you know that suit pocket at the back, which has a button, and I'm down, and there's wads of cash coming out, and I'm down. And I'm there, and my mother is there. Take out receipts and stamps. And then there's the menu from the hotel is there. And I'm going, one second now, lads, and there's no key. And I'm there. And then, and then, and then I take my jacket off and I give it to my brother. And I said, can you check that? Because I'm well on at this stage. And he's checking the jacket. And then I'm there going, right. And then we check outside under the, the pot of flowers. And then I went, did we ever leave a key out under the stones in the secret place? And we go over there and there's no key. So then there's about six of us standing outside the house at about two o'clock in the morning. And my mother is there. And, and, then, and she's there. Uh, okay. And then I'm there going, no key, no key, no key. Another 15 minutes of searching. I searched jacket, shirt, everything. I said, I'll take care of everything here. I'll take care of it. Give two, me the, two, give two me, one of the kids <laughs> into the window. <laughs> give me the mobile. Google, Google. Arboyne Hotel. Hello? Hello? Yeah, is that the Arboyne Hotel? Yeah, hi, it's Hector. Yeah, Hector. Hector. H-E-K-T-T-O. Hello? Yeah. Have you got a couple of rooms tonight? Yes, you have. Thank you. I'll take three of them right now. We'll be there in 15 minutes. What time is it? This is at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, stop, it's my house. Stop, stop. So we have no key out or nothing. How did you get there? We have no key out or nothing. So we had the most magnificent day. And, and now it was turning into the fucking Holocaust. It was the it was my mother. My, my mother turned into Medusa. She was like, the key. I've got the key. Who's got the key? Sorry. And then I had to ring the same taxi man back. Paul. <laughs> Paul, it's Hector. You wouldn't come back. <laughs> and bring us out to the yard, boy. <laughs> we're, we're staying there tonight. <laughs> imagine, imagine dropping the family.
the offer of hand. I took family house and then he had to come back and bring the dog. <laughs> Talk about broken families. Talk about fucked up families. <laughs> and then we all had to point into the minibus again. We all had to point into the minibus. And I said, how are you, Paul? How's it going? <laughs> he said, I thought I was just finished for the night. He said, I get one more run. And I said, it's a long story, Paul. He said, he, pro- he dropped us off at the... <laughs> He gets better. He gets oh, better. God, no, he gets it. better. I'm up to the. I'm up to the reception. We need to break. I'm up to the reception in the Arboyne Hotel at three o'clock in the morning, booking my family in, and my mother's going, "Get me a bed, quick, quick." Your mother is. Out I took three shit. rooms for everybody, and I put my mum in. I got a cup of tea, and I put my mum in. Then my brother went down for another pint, and I said, "I need a pint." And then everyone was like this. I got up at seven in the morning on that Saturday morning. And I was out in the car, I was outside in the, in the, in the foyer, and I was Googling Navin, locksmiths, locksmiths, <laughs> locksmiths, okay. Then at nine o'clock, half nine, Saturday, hello, how are you? How are you, Tecta here? Um, you're, uh, w- would you be able to do a job and go in the back door of a house? Oh yeah, Hector, no bother, we'd be there about 11 o'clock, is there? Can you do it any sooner? We're in a hotel. No, no, about half, 11, 12. Out to the house again with the locksmith while everyone was in the hotel. Locksmith arrives. I get a taxi to the house. He goes to the back door and he goes, are you sure the one you want to do this, Hector? You've no key, have you? So he just goes, breaks the thing. He has a gun or a piston goes, next to me, he puts in a new thing and puts in a new plain glass of window and the whole thing. He gives me a new keys and everything. So he gives me four new keys to the back door. Back out to the yard, buying. Collect all the family, ring the taxi again. How are you? Hello. Hello, Paul. <laughs> Hi, Paul. This is two o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon and we're all looking like it's the, the zombies. And we finally get home and we go in the back door and we open the back door and then I go for a shower. And then I take off my suit and I hang the suit up. Then I go, what's that little slitty, tiny little pocket that's inside? There's a little slit pocket. Shut up. Tiny little pocket beside the lapel. A Do you know what? Pocket, yeah. Do you know what? On the inside of the gym. On the inside. There's a tiny slit. There's a second slit Look at pocket. Look there. There's You've a, got one yeah, there. but there's no. a tiny slit oh, pocket. No. There's a secret pocket. There's a secret pocket. Uh-oh. And what came out of the fucking jacket? The fucking key. Well, I swear to fuck. <laughs> Did I tell my mother? No. And Lord rest her. Thanks be to Jesus, no. It cost me about fucking 550 fucking euro. I've got the key, by the way. <laughs> Just for the viewers now, I'm I'm on the whiskey now and it's gorgeous. gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and their leader was a lyric man, Chantal Calgaryon. Where's me wife? Tommy, Tommy is now sitting back and he's popping. The legs are the spread, legs are open. the whiskey's going in. <laughs> and it's now, only... You look like you're just letting a pour And the kids of... aren't even out of school. I'm actually feeling sick from the okay. cheese. Okay, if you give me another crisp, Can I I'm going to get sick. Can I tell you a story? So, we are in Africa. Uh, uh, the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh! What was the reason? Oh my God. Give that to the natives. He's are no crack at all. You are no <laughs> crack at all. Tommy, give it to me. You are no fucking... Well, absolutely no crack at all. <laughs> the first time I got to Kenya, and Roscoe and Evan were there, and we were travelling to the north of Kenya to meet the cousins of the Maasai the Samburu, and we drove for about eight hours north of Nairobi. 
and they were going to meet us and we were going to spend four days in the middle of nowhere with them. The accommodation was pretty basic, tents, we got to know them. So on the last day, they sent a few warriors down from the tribe to say that they had invited me into the village for a fertility ceremony. Our local lad that was with us said, Hector, this is a big thing. They sent down uh, a load of white oxen on a wooden chariot for me to get on with the warriors. And I got on with the warriors and they turned around. They brought me about two miles out into the bush to the bunas, to these huts they'd built. <clears throat> so next minute, the women in the village arrived out and they're all dressed in their, in their finery. And they're like the Maasai. They've got loads of jewellery on around their necks and they're chanting and everything and there's three marriages going on in the village and they're, and they're shouting and it's an unbelievable noise so we got off everybody is having a great day the, the chief grabs me and he brings me over and he says Hector we would like you to slaughter a goat pick a goat from the corral and they grabbed him by both feet and they put him on the back of his shoulder and he brought him over to me and he showed him to me and I went yeah he's good and then all that this has been prepared. So meanwhile, the women of the village are corralling around the three couples that are getting married. And then they lay them down on these three massive leaves, the goat, and they slowly close his, his mouth and they started slitting down underneath the neck and they'd make a little pouch and the fresh blood would flow into the pouch. And then the warriors got down and they started drinking oh, Jesus. the warm blood of the animal for protein. So this is all happening. Oh. Yuck. Next minute, they, try, they, they, they open the intestines, they open the stomach, and, they say, and they're going, this is fucking mad. Oh, they're drinking the and blood. There, Roscoe, I know Roscoe, my cameraman, is down in the middle of this. And I'm going, this is mental, this is, this is mad. Then your man slits it with, the, with this machete. He slits it like an artist. Slits the intestine, opens the stomach. Then the chief comes over the tribe. The three couples are brought up towards the animal. And then the chief puts his hand in, takes out the grass the freshly eaten grass mm -hmm. of the animal. Then he goes over to the three couples and he smears it on their penises and on her tits Wait, have they no clothes and on breasts. Them? And he smears... They're tri the tribal. Okay. They've very, so they're they're very little on. <clears throat> they have their adorned, right, but yeah, they don't, yeah, yeah, they don't yeah. have they're boxes. They're not wearing a wedding dress <laughs> like we'd see in Ireland. Right. No, so he starts smearing the genitals of both male and female. And I'm going, this is fucking mad. Next minute, the three couples are ushered away to their bunas, to their, to their huts, and the women of the village create a barrier around the main door, and they start chanting. And they're inside, and they consummate their marriage. And this went on for about 30 minutes. The couple consummates their marriage, but the women... In block, front of other people? The, or? They're in the house, but the women, the women block the door. Is this too much on the points? Is this, this is phenomenal. This is, no, no, this is incredible. The women so block the, women the door, and outside. they are chanting and... Half an hour later, the three couples come out and the celebrations begin. There wow. is that goat is barbecued. There's not one bit left. The bones, the kidneys, the intestines. And I was guest of honour at this, right? Wow. Roscoe had been trying for a child with his wife, Caroline, for, I'd say, five years with no success. IV treatment, assisted pregnancy, everything you could name. No go. Even riding? Nothing. Thousands, thousands and thousands of euros spent on treatment. 
Yeah. And because we're traveling all the time, we'd have had these chats and he goes, oh, you're having a baby, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. And I say, yeah, it's our first boy and blah, blah, blah. And Roscoe would be going, well, we're still in IV and all this. <clears throat> we come back to Ireland and Roscoe rings me and he goes, Caroline's pregnant. And I fucking cried on the phone. I said, you're not, this is a lad I've traveled all over the world with for 10 years, 12 years before that. And he goes, she's pregnant, man. She's fucking pregnant. I said, I don't believe this. I was just after coming out of the doctor's surgery in Galway. The doctor I went to had spent 20 years in, in Africa. And as I left that surgery, this is a true story, the doctor, his father said to me, his, his, his obviously an older doctor who was retired, he said, Hector, were you in Africa? And I said, yes, I was. He'd been in, in Egypt and we'd been in Ethiopia and then we were in Kenya, we were at the Samburu. He said, I spent nine years in Kenya. He said, you were at the Samburu? No way. I said, I lived with them. I was brought into a ceremony. He said, they're the most powerful fertility tribe in the world. No way. And Dipna walked out of the surgery about a minute later and she goes, wow, I'm pregnant again. We're having another baby. It was fucking, we've got a baby and we're having another one. And then babies came left, right and centre with Roscoe. Three children within the space of four years. Wow. And he, there was nothing happening. What a fabulous story, Is that, man. is that, yeah. sorry, can I, just, can I just hold on to you there? No. More whiskey, please. Mm. We'll raise a glass with them. And I never forget our listeners. Slauncha. And listeners who are maybe taking a walk through the woods and they're hearing us drinking and they think, Jesus, I don't forget what my friends and have a drink. Or oh, Pauline who's doing the laps on the pitch. Yeah. And she's on her sixth lap and we're going, just get another point in. Maybe lads who are driving or nurses who are driving <laughs> or accountants who are driving or teachers who are driving home and listening to the podcast and they go, they hear us having the laugh. Jesus, I'd love a drink. But fair play to you, I think you should have a drink. Somebody just... Uh, got in touch with the show recently and they said I've just done a 12 hour stint in the hospital and this was a doctor and she was on her way home and this podcast put tears down her face she was crying on the way at half eight getting into her house in the morning and that makes me happy oh, yeah clinky, that's brilliant clinky, clinky, clinky. when the podcast started after a couple of weeks we got this kind of chart from Google or Acast or Apple or one of these uh, large organisations to tell us where the people who are listening to the podcast oh, are. Oh, I was fascinated by it. So Ireland's at the top and then England and then America, Canada, all the way down. And it's, it's thousands, thousands up top. Then it goes 10, 5. I would like to say hello to the one person, male or female, I do not know, who is listening to the show in Iran. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> and I don't know who you are. or Identify if, yourself. Or if you're... Uh, a paddy in exile or just some kind of a stray on the internet wandering around or just a uh, local who loves good podcasts stuff. so in your honour whoever you are we'll, we'll call you for the moment we'll call you Mustafa in the heat in a Sharia state at this particular junction I'd like to say hello to you and say um, I hope that you're getting giggles out of us three people in the west of Ireland in the religious autocracy that is Iran and if you ever find yourself this side of the River Danube, and if you ever find yourself this side of the River Shannon, and if you ever find yourself this side of Galway City, we'd love to meet you in the Crane Bar for a pint, and this clink is for you. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to us. God bless, good luck, and not more. good afternoon.
Party on. We're not I'm going home on a taxi. We're staying out all night. No, I'll, uh, I'll have a snooze now. <laughs> I'm going to have a bath. <laughs> a bath? Imagine bath. getting into the bath after <laughs> All the radox. Get drowned in there. <laughs> all the Epsom salts. Get <laughs> drowned in the bath if you have a bath. <laughs> <laughs> a bath bomb. podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Most of us have clothes that we've loved for years, maybe even decades, but it's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. So before you update your closet this summer, take a look at American Giant. From hoodies and t-shirts to denim and more, they've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for summers to come. American Giant is made in the USA. That ensures that they can deliver items of exceptional quality, but it also creates jobs across the country. You're not just buying clothes that last. You're helping create a lasting change in the communities where they're made and a connection to the seamsters, cutters, and factory workers who make them. Discover the American Giant difference today. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code LT23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com. Promo code LT23.